Welcome to the Jacksonville High School 912 podcast produced by Airstream Ventures. High School 912 is an initiative designed to help the youth throughout Jacksonville and the First Coast by creating change in our community. The programs with High School 912 are made possible by our sponsors, Baker Sporting Goods, Bono's Barbecue, Brassfield & Gorey, Duval Motor Company, the CSI Companies, Fortegra, Land South Construction, ADECO, the ARCO Group, Farm Bureau Insurance, PGA Tour Superstore, U.S. Assure, and Paget and & Paget. Welcome to another edition of the High School 912 podcast. I'm Alan Verlander with Airstream Ventures and High School 912. And remember, you can learn all about High School 912 on jackshighschool912.com. We look at all different types of things within the high school world through this podcast. And today I am really excited. You know, we, we've talked a lot about sports. We've talked a lot about uh, sports medicine We've talked to Dr. Green, our superintendent in Duval County Public Schools. We've talked to coaches. But now the movement going from high school to college, we really haven't talked to anyone about that, about what uh, kids and even parents should be doing to get their, their themselves or their children ready for the next level and to go into college. And so today, really excited to, um, to interview a, a good friend, um, but somebody that has just an unbelievable amount of knowledge in this space. And Ryan Riggs is the Director of College Counseling here at the Episcopal School of Jacksonville. Ryan, welcome to the broadcast. Thanks, Alan. I appreciate you having me. Or I guess the podcast. Um, so, Ryan, you know, it, it's sitting here, we're sitting here in uh, late September, um, and a lot of people think, oh, well, graduation is not till May. Maybe, you know, uh, I've got plenty of time. I'm a senior. I got plenty of time to start the college process. I think you would tell us you probably should have started a while ago. This is true, Alan. Uh, a lot of kids think, oh, yeah, it's May. It, it, nothing happens until then. And they're woefully underprepared if they wait that late. So we always like to tell kids, especially when they're seniors, hey, please, you need to make sure that you are starting early. Uh, it's not too late for seniors right now, but they can't wait much longer. So ideally, um, you have children that so so you get to Im- impede your professional wisdom in a in a personal way. Sure. Ideally, when's the best time to start this college guidance? When should students and parents really be thinking about it? Uh, this is going to sound crazy, I know, but actually, eighth grade. And I know that's nuts, right? Eighth grade. But that's the time when students really start planning then for high school. It sets the entire foundation for what they're going to be doing. Those eighth grade classes, I know it seems like, oh, you know, the kid's 13 years old, 14 years old. Um, But that really builds uh, the the blocks that a kid is going to use then in high school. So ninth grade, though, is when it all really starts in earnest and in real seriousness. Uh, Colleges don't care what happens for a kid in middle school, but still the child is setting that foundation. Colleges care about what happens starting in ninth grade, uh, grades and classes. So let's let's look at athletes for a second, and then we're going to look at non-athletes. Because high school 912, if if uh, if you followed us, if you don't know a lot about high school 912, again, check out our website at jackshighschool912.com. But High School 912 is all about academics, sports, and life. So sports is just uh, 33% of that. Um, and so with, with athletes, and let's say that, that uh, students are really excelling in, in athletics. Well, I know having been a former college athletic director, coaches are going to be finding you, and they're, they're going to help you in this recruiting process. But what should students and parents be doing 
uh, in addition to what the coach is telling them? Sure, that's a great question. Uh, the thing that we tell all student athletes is that don't just sit back and assume it's going to come to you. You have to be uh, aggressively marketing yourself. Now, now, there's a fine line between marketing yourself and being a pest about it. You don't want to email a coach every single day. That doesn't do any good. But you have to make sure that you're doing what you can, whatever it is in that sport, to reach out to coaches to show the coach, one, that you're interested, and two, that you're well-qualified. Uh, and that can be sending, I know it's not called film anymore, but you and I still call it film, uh, you know, posting it on your huddle, right? Uh, making sure that your statistics are updated. If you have a new uh, 40 time or, you know, a new shuttle run or, you know, cone to cone times, things like that. Um, you know, different sports have different things. If you're a baseball player, you know, what, what's your, you know, what's, what's the throw? If you're a catcher, how fast are you throwing it from home to second uh, to make sure you're, you're getting the guy trying to steal? You know, you have these different statistics in different sports. Some sports are easier for stats than others. If you're a runner or a swimmer, Fantastic. That's easy. You know, what's your time in the 200 butterfly? You know, th those are easy statistics. Others, not so much. Um, soccer doesn't quite have them. So <clears throat> as, a, as a potential student athlete, you need to make sure that you are reaching out to those coaches because um, they're not always just going to come to you. You know, how many times does, uh, does Nick Saban come and knock on your door? Probably not that often. So uh, as, a, as a player, you have to make sure that you are uh, consistent with your resume and with your uh, film and that you're always updating it. Well, and I'll say, too, I think there's this misconception that ah, if I'm an athlete or I'm a great, let's say, great musician or uh, a great theater, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just very talented in my area. Eh, grades and scores, eh, it's not a, that big of a deal because because I'm so talented, they're going to let me in their school. I, th I think that's a big misconception, right? Correct. Uh, even for the top athletes, grades matter because what happens in the admissions offices at these colleges is coaches will come and bring the list to the admissions office and say, hey, you know, I've got these 25 kids. This is who I'm recruiting to my team. In the missions office, we'll look at a lot of them and say, yeah, great, no trouble, no trouble at all. But then they get to the kid who says, well, wait a minute, this kid has all Ds and a couple of Fs and hasn't even taken the SAT or ACT yet. Coach, I'm sorry, we can't admit this kid. And then the coach realizes, oh, you know, I, he was going to be my, you know, one of my top kids or she was going to be one of my top kids. Uh, so, yes, Alan, you're exactly right. Grades still matter even for the top athletes because it makes it so much easier on the college coaches. Um, if a student demonstrates wonderful grades uh, in high school, then the coach knows, okay, this kid's not going to be a problem for me when he or she is on my team. And every coach wants to eliminate headaches, as, as many as possible, knowing that um, the coach is recruiting really good players on both the athletic side and the academic side just makes it so much easier for that coach. Uh, and the way for students to do that is all through high school, like I said, starting in ninth grade, to demonstrate that, yes, you're a good athlete, but also you're a good student. And this is not, this is not you don't have to get straight A pluses and everything, right? But as a student, the, the, uh, you need to know that you have to demonstrate uh, consistency over time. So let's go to the other like 95% because, you know, as we've addressed and we've talked about on this podcast and our different seminars, about 5% of high schoolers will go to the next level. So it's time to talk about the 95% that they're incredible kids, but maybe they're not going 
to play a sport in college. Um, what? So beginning in ninth grade, um, you know, that, as, as you said, you, that's when you really need to start uh, looking at this process. So take us like ninth and 10th grade, if you will. And I know I haven't given you these, these uh, questions before, but ninth and 10th grade, because um, I know just uh, having four daughters, that 11th grade year is a lot different than the ninth and 10th grade year. So um, ninth and 10th grade, what should parents and students be looking at? Sure. Uh, yeah. And as, as both a parent of uh, one in college and others in high school, yeah, you and I are exactly alike there. So ninth and 10th grade is, it, it does, it seems outrageous that students have to look at it and start that early. Uh, but what a college wants to see is a student who has really reached uh, and taken the um, appropriate schedule for that student, right? That student doesn't have to be in all IB classes or AP or honors or whatever that is, but that a student has tried, that a student has made sure they're taking the core five classes. And by core five, I mean English, science, math, world language, and history, right? The core five academics. And a student needs to make sure that he or she is taking those ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade, 12th grade to be competitive uh, for, for applications um, if, and for admissions at, say, University of Florida, at Florida State, at UNF, at JU, at Stetson, you know, any, any of our local universities, not to mention schools out in California or Michigan or you know, New England somewhere. Just looking local, uh, local colleges want to see students who are excelling and being consistent academically, and that starts in ninth grade. So then we get, we've, we've done all that ninth and 10th grade, and now we know as a parent, man, I've only got two more years left with, um, with my son or daughter. Um, that 11th grade year is, is critical. I've been through it now three times. Got one more that'll go through it next year. But um, kind of give us a sense of in 11th grade, uh, you know, what, what should the parents and students be looking at? Yeah, you're right. 11th grade, it all ramps up. It, all gets, it gets much more serious in 11th grade. So 11th grade is uh, most students will take the PSAT in 11th grade, and it's just for practice, uh, you know, kind of the practice SAT. And that's in the fall of junior year of 11th grade, right? So the um, students then should plan on taking an actual SAT or ACT in the spring of 11th grade. Uh, if they wait until senior year, it's probably too late. Um, there's lots of ways to practice for these tests that don't cost any money either. Uh, the Khan Academy is fantastic. I love Khan Academy online. Um, the College Board itself has lots of practice tests online free for all students. Um, the, the library, you, you don't have to go to Barnes & Noble or order the book on Amazon. Our, our local libraries have all the practice books that students would need to succeed on these tests. There's no reason for students to go in and take it blind and say, oh, I, I didn't know anything about it. Um, students have to educate themselves on how to do that, and there are so many ways online. Just a couple of clicks of a button is how, how, how to do that. Um, either uh, act.org or collegeboard.org. Um, obviously, ACT runs the ACT test. College Board runs the SAT. So that'll be in the spring of a student's junior year. Uh, but you're right, colleges are looking at grades from junior year uh, and classes that students are taking. That's what it is. It's, it's harder. A lot of times, uh, colleges won't even look at the grades for senior year. Uh, let's say a student is applying to um, Florida or Florida State. So those two colleges look at grades from 
ninth grade, 10th grade, 11th grade. And that's how they're making their decision. They're not looking at grades senior year at all. Very interesting stuff there. Um, there's, there's so a lot, there's, a lot, there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, right? yeah we can't do it all in about 20 minutes. Um, but we're trying to give you um, just some highlights from Ryan. Ryan has uh, Ryan Riggs has been involved in college counseling a long time, so has a lot of knowledge that we're just trying to get out there. Some 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 bits and pieces that can maybe help you if you're at a school where maybe college counseling isn't you're you're one of 600 or something, and and you're not getting a lot of time. Just some some not tricks, but just some uh, applications that you can use to uh, if you have that desire to get into college. That's what we're trying to do through this podcast. So. You go into your senior year, um, and I do want to get into to uh, a little bit about you know the extracurricular stuff. You know what separates one student from another. If if you're looking at you know I've got a 4.0 and I scored a 1400 on the SAT. Obviously, that's very good. Uh, yeah, I'm not describing myself. I promise you that. But um, you know what are what are those things that differentiate? But but before we before you answer that, senior year. Um, you know, you just said that sometimes schools won't even look at senior year. So should I give up or, you know, facetiously or whatever? But what should I be doing in a senior year that can really um, enhance my ability to get into school? Sure. Senior year is all about follow through. Uh, it's all about making sure that you are continuing to take those tough classes. Even though you know that a college might not see those grades, you can't just slack off. Uh, there's an awful letter that some students get um, after senior year, after they've been admitted, but then a college actually sees their senior year grades, and the college has rescinded the student's offer of admission. That's harsh, but it happens. Uh, so don't be that guy, right? Don't, don't, don't let that happen yeah. to you. Um, but yeah, so senior year it is. It's, it's about, it's about follow-through. Um, I talk about the difference between being a joiner to being a leader. Let's say you're in the Latin club, okay, and you love taking Latin. Awesome. Ninth grade, 10th grade, you've been in the Latin club. You've been to the competitions. You're taking the national Latin exam, things like that. Well, then a college wants to see that you're becoming a leader in that club, right? Not just being a joiner of clubs, but then developing and growing into leading that club and leaving it better than it was when you started there. Um, and whether that's the Latin club or the band or the soccer team, it doesn't matter. Uh, early on, ninth and 10th grade is about joining groups, joining clubs. Then 11th and 12th grade is about leading those clubs and making sure that other students are joining your club. So uh, senior year can be all about that, right? Senior year is also a great time. You know, a lot of students get a part-time job senior year. Uh, a lot of kids turn 18 at that point. They're, they're driving. Uh, they have the ability to do that. That's wonderful, right? A college loves to see that initiative and that independence. Uh, it shows that a kid is going to be able to handle uh, working and going to school at the same time. So these are um, options that students can have. It doesn't all have to be about sports and theater and band and clubs. You know, a lot of students, you know, hey, I've got to be at home. I've got to take care of my 88-year-old grandfather who lives with us. That can be a full-time job every day after school, right? A student has the ability to write that then on their college application. You know, hey, I've not been involved in as much at my high school because here's what I'm doing at home. So that's 
equally as important as a student who is the star in the chorus. So grades and I'm, I'm, that's a perfect segue into that, and we didn't even plan that, I promise. Again, you're listening to the Jacksonville High School 912 podcast that we do every other week. We launch it uh, on Tuesdays and talk to different people in the high school world, whether it's uh, academic, sports, and life. And today is really uh, the, the life maybe part of that of college counseling. We're visiting with uh, Ryan Riggs um, of the Episcopal School of Jacksonville and touching on that a little bit. So grades and scores are important. We, we know that. But those things that, that students can really differentiate themselves, and you just kind of touched on it a little bit. Um, and so, um, you know, for, for, for a quick moment, kind of talk a little bit about, um, you know, as, as a student, if I'm in, you know, 9th, 10th, 11th, but really 11th, 12th, I need to be, as you said, from a joiner to a leader. Um, what are what are things that, that they need to do that, that says, all right, this is going to be the differential. If I want to get into that school that may be a little bit um, above me, if you will, because of my scores or whatever, what can I do? That is the extracurricular stuff that that could maybe get me in there. Sure, Alan. Uh, and there, there's also a nice um, term for that that colleges have. It's called holistic admissions or a holistic review of a student's application, where they're not just looking at grades and test scores. They're looking at the total package, the total picture of a student. Um, is this student involved? What's this student's family life like? Um, how how hard are the um, you know, how hard are the obstacles that this student has overcome? Um, but don't, don't get me wrong, a lot of people think that holistic means, oh, I can get D's and F's in classes, but as long as I have a part-time job, then I'm okay, right? Or I can have awful test scores, but if I ace the interview, then I'll be fine. It doesn't work like that, right? Um, you have to have everything pointing in the right direction. You have to have the strong grades and test scores first, and then everything else is evaluated. Um, so yeah, I, I love what you and I are talking about, um, but it does have to have the foundation of grades and test scores. So um, we talk about students, uh, the difference uh, in really separating um, you know, Johnny from Mark, right? Or Susie from Betty. Uh, in the very top students will be much more independent in creating their own opportunities. They're not just joining and leading the Latin club. They are starting a whole new group that combines you know, uh, the community service aspect of Latin along with the Latin club, along with playing ancient Roman lyre music or something. I don't know. I'm, just, I'm making something up. That's a bit crazy. But it's the idea of, wow, this kid is totally independent. This kid has taken a couple of good ideas and then is creating her own opportunity that no one else has done before. So it's the idea of they're not just joining the soccer team and playing soccer. They're starting their own community service project, uh, teaching students who have no access to soccer how to play soccer and raising money and getting uniforms and cleats and soccer balls. And then once they're done here in Jacksonville, they're making sure that they're also seeding that program out in Tallahassee and Orlando and DeLand. So what you're saying is colleges really look at your entrepreneurial spirit. They, they really are looking at, man, what is their drive? What is their initiative? Um, we don't want that student to just be a number, number at our college. 
there's a reason we want you on our campus. And so that entrepreneurial spirit, we think about it in our 20s and 30s, and we read articles about that. But really, it needs to start at 16, 17, 18 years old. Exactly. Every college, just like any group, wants to improve, right? Well, how is that college going to improve? They're going to take kids who are going to improve their school. And so, yeah, they don't want kids who are just going to be bumps on logs and sit in their dorm all day and play Fortnite. They want kids who are going to be active and engaged on college campuses all over and not just in the classroom. They want to make sure that the kids are engaged all over campus. All right, so I'm going to throw a little bit of curveball at you, but I, I, I know you'll be able to hit this. Um, I, when, I, when I was working on a college campus, um, and it was actually just coming to the forefront, now it's everywhere, social media. Um, I know from an athletic perspective, I've talked to coaches all the time, and parents have a hard time believing this. Coaches will not only track the student-athlete's social media, they'll track the parents, because you got to deal with parents if you're a coach as well, maybe sometimes even more than you should. But talk uh, a, a little bit, um, and this will be one of the last things we address, but talk about the impact, um, good or bad, of social media and that how that can affect your college admission as well. Sure, that, that's such a great point. Uh, we tell our students at Episcopal, don't ever post anything on their social media accounts that they wouldn't want their grandmother to see. And that's such uh, sound advice, not just because I'm saying it, but it's sound advice in general. Uh, you're right, college coaches, college admissions officers, look at students' social media accounts. And I know that sounds crazy, uh, but but they do. Um, we've had uh, coaches tell us that they're not recruiting, um, not tell me personally, but you know, in general, tell us that uh, they're not recruiting a student because they've seen their parents up in the stands or in the bleachers at games, and they see the parents are going crazy, and that impacts a student. Uh, which is which is pretty amazing. So it's not just on on Instagram or Snapchat, but it's also in in person. Everything now is filmed, right? Everything is on tape. Every, every everything is on someone's phone. So those videos get out quickly, and it's not just on you know your friend's Snapchat, right? It's not just on TikTok. It's everywhere, and colleges have the ability to see that. So that's good advice from Ryan Riggs of the Episcopal School of Jacksonville. I tell my girls all the time, social media, everybody's going to be looking at it. Employers are going to be looking at it, but not only that, colleges are going to look at it. Um, it's not just for your friends. It's not just in a private group. It's, it's everywhere. So social media is kind of king nowadays, and you can use it to your benefit, but you can also use it to your demise. So it's your choice of, of what you want to do that. All right, last question, um, and this is a, a little bit of a softball question, but, but um, a piece of advice that uh, somebody says, you know, I want to go to college. That is a dream of mine. Um, maybe I'm not the best student. Maybe I don't come from the best um, situation from a family perspective, um, but that still is my drive. That is really what I want to do. What is something that you would share with them, a little bit of wisdom to say, um, you can do it. You know, you may not be going to Harvard, you may not be going to Yale, but there is a place for you somewhere. Where can they, where can students go if they, if they don't really have the foundation 
they're not at Episcopal where, where you have a, a great staff here or some of our other schools in the area that do such a great job with that. Maybe they feel like they're on an island a little bit. What's, what's some wisdom that you could um, uh, just share that, that says, you know, you can do this and here's how you can do it? Sure, thanks. I, I don't, don't believe the hype. Everyone thinks about college and they immediately think Harvard, Princeton, Yale, Stanford, right? And that's so limiting. We have so many options here just in our own state. Um, and it's not just all about Florida and Florida State. It's not just about Gators and Seminoles. As, as those colleges, those two schools especially, have gotten so much more challenging for admission, it's made UNF that much better. It's made FAU. It's made Florida Gulf Coast. It's made West, you know, it's made all of our SUS, State University System colleges, that much better. And also, Alan, it's made FSCJ better. It's made Tallahassee Community College better. It's made Santa Fe and Gainesville better. So you have so many opportunities and options now for advancement and for success. We get caught up so much in the name on the hoodie that we don't realize, wow, just right down the street from me, I can go to FSCJ. It's not expensive. I can live at home, get a two-year degree, and then I'm going to be guaranteed admission to any one of the state university colleges here in our own state of Florida, which are a great value. Um, both Florida and Florida State, among others, are ranked in the top value colleges, not just in the state, but in, in the whole nation. It's wonderful to see. Um, they are rising in the rankings and doing very well. So students, you're right. Sometimes they might feel like they're uh, one in a million, right? They might feel like, like you said, on, on an island. But no matter what high school, uh, so students, I'm talking to you directly now, no matter what high school you go to, you have people there at your school who are willing to help you out. Yes, they may be busy. Make an appointment, be aggressive, go in and see them, tell them what you want to do. It's not just going to come to you. You have to make sure that you are being your own best advocate and making sure that you're going out to get the help because people are there to help you. They really want to be there to help you or else they wouldn't be at that school. So make sure that you are going to see your guidance counselors at your school. Sometimes they're called college counselors or life coaches or whatever the term is, but there are people, no matter what high school you attend, there are people there to help you out. Go and seek them out and get their advice, please. It's um, They're there for you, so take advantage of it. Great words of wisdom. Really appreciate your time today, and, and uh, I learned some new things, and I've been through this three times, and we'll go through it a fourth time, uh, uh, Lord willing, I guess. But um, a lot of insight today, and um, I really appreciate your time here. Thanks, Alan. I appreciate you having me. Well, that wraps up another High School 912 podcast. Again, we want to thank all of our partners, our high school corporate partners, our individual partners for making these podcasts possible. We love all of our guests and, and try to bring you insight into the world of high school, not just sports, but everything involved in high school. We have these every, every other week, and so we want to make sure that um, if, you have, if you have topics that you want to listen to, um, be sure to email, get on our Jack's High School 912 website, website and um, you can email us and, and give us topics that you want to hear about, and we want to do that. The whole reason for these podcasts is to be able to shed some light into you parents and you students, or maybe even you educators, about some things that need to be brought to the light. So 
For Alan Verlander of Airstream Ventures and High School 912, we want to thank you for listening to this podcast. Until next time. Thanks for listening to the Jacksonville High School 912 podcast produced by Airstream Ventures. Today's High School 912 podcast episode was made possible by our sponsors, Baker's Sporting Goods, Bono's Barbecue, Brassfield and Gorey, Duval Motor Company, the CSI Companies, Fortegra, Landsouth Construction, Adeco, the Arco Group, Farm Bureau Insurance, PGA Tour Superstore, U.S. Assure, and Pajak and Pajak.